I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Aneto. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Chatdesk. We are a software company based here in New York. We help leading brands scale their customer support uh, and drive sales uh, using generative AI. Some people like to call it Uber for customer service or AWS for customer service. Um, Before starting this company, I was at Google for over seven years as a product manager, uh, where I worked on voice search and the Google Assistant, uh, which is part, part of what led us to the technology insight for this business. And I'm going to talk about how we grew our uh, annual revenue by three times in one year this past year through upsell uh, to our existing customers. So I'm going to cover why upselling is important, uh, how or what to upsell that might be relevant for your business, and uh, how to go about upselling. So just to uh, give some more context on what Chatdesk is, we've been around for over six years, um, and we first started by talking to lots and lots of customers. Our mission is to solve customer service and create jobs. That's what I'm very passionate about, creating jobs through customer service. And so we talked to hundreds of customer service leaders about their pain points. That's how we came to the solutions that we offer them today. So, for example, they talked about how they have so many phone calls. You probably called customer service before, and you're waiting on hold because they don't have enough agents to answer the phone calls. So we gave them a call deflection solution, which shifts calls over to self-service, SMS, chat, mobile apps. Around 10% of the calls deflect over, um, which is helpful to you as a caller because then you can go to those other channels, and it reduces cost for the company by up to 80%. So that's the first solution we launched. And a lot of customers said, well, I have all these messages. I have these social messages, emails, chats, and I want to know what people are saying. So we built an automatic tagging solution, which is actually a free tool we still offer today. Anyone can sign up, connect their Zendesk, connect their social, and they get this free dashboard where they can see all their customer insights. Again, this came from talking to customers. And then we launched our main solution, which is 24-7 support. Uh, Many brands that you probably use today, if you email them, someone from Chatdesk is actually responding to those messages. So we give 24-7 support on all these different channels. And the last few years have just been about commercializing and growing that business. Um, And then we're rolling out a new solution called Proactive Engagement to help companies acquire new customers and also win back and retain and drive repeat orders. So this has been our journey around kind of product development and customer development, just to give you some context about the next information I'm going to give you. So I said we tripled our revenue uh, in the last year through upsell, and I wanted to zero in on an example customer so you can see like step by step how we did that, and then I'll pull back into like the principles around it. So one of the principles is we always try to get a foot in the door. 
We just want them using something that we offer at some price because we know we can land and expand later. So for this particular client, and this is a real client with real data, we started with our social media moderation. They run ads on Facebook, Instagram, and we reply to the comments. We hide the negative comments so it increases their conversion in those ads. And they're just paying us like a couple hundred, hundred bucks a month for that. And that's okay because we know this company is actually huge. And if we can grow with them, we'll upsell over time. Then we gave them the free automatic customer insights. They connected their email platform. And so all those were flowing into our system. It was free, but it also gives us insight into their business. Right now we know what their customer support tickets are about in advance. Imagine someone coming from the outside. They know nothing about the company. But we actually know everything about the company because they connected to our dashboard. And then this business has some seasonality. And that means their ticket volume spikes around the holidays. And so naturally, just by being their vendor, we get more revenue because we have a usage-based pricing model. So then we get upsell there, just naturally. And then what happened is their existing provider for email support fell down over the holidays. They couldn't provide the service. They didn't do a good job. And so we said, hey, we can do it. And we're already connected, so we're already integrated. Just have to say yes. And then we jumped in and we started doing their email support. right? And then... <laughs> They started offering phone calls. So we said, we do call deflection. So they started using that. And then they said, we want to do SMS. Can you do that too? We said, sure. We do that too. And then they had another holiday spike. So you see how like, it just builds and builds and builds. And then I'll go through some of the principles um, that are in here. So first of all, let's talk about why. Like, why do we even talk about upsell? Why do we care about upsell? I think for me, it's I want to deliver more value to my customer. Like, we're all business people in here. We're trying to do a job because we want to help a consumer. That's why we got into business. It's not really about making money. There are many things to do you can do to make money. It's about helping people achieve their goals, achieve their business, grow their business. That's what keeps me like, excited. You know, so when I talk to our team, our customer success team, I'm telling like, I know this is about making revenue, but don't think about it like that. Think about how you're helping your client be a hero. Because every person, when they're buying enterprise software, they're trying to get promoted, they're trying to spend more time with their family. That's what you're trying to accomplish for them. So first of all, I'm thinking about how can I solve a problem for them? And so the more you're upselling, actually doing more for them, that helps them be more successful. The second is, it's easier. It's easier to sell something to existing customer because they already trust you, than to get a new customer on board. So of course, that's why a lot of your revenue is going to come from upsell. And then finally, helps you be sticky. In these current economic times, everyone's looking at their budgets, they're slashing, they're cutting their vendors. So the more solutions, the more footprint you have in an organization with more solutions, the, the harder you are to kill, basically. <laughs> so uh, that's another reason, just for survival. I believe if you're not growing, you're dying. Because all these clients, they're constantly getting pushed by their management team. Hey, what are you doing to be innovative? What are you going to do this year? What's your strategy this year? And they'd love to come and say, oh, I have a new plan from this existing tool that's going to help me solve this new problem. And if you're not giving them something new, they're going to find another vendor who's giving them something new. So even if they're not buying, you always have to be saying, here's some new thing that I offer you. Um, that's how you stay in. That's how you retain clients. The granddaddy of software, this is SaaS Open, is Salesforce. Salesforce is brilliant. This They have Salesforce Service Cloud, Salesforce Commerce Cloud, Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Now they have Slack. They always have something to give you for every part of the organization. And that's why they're a monster. You know? <laughs> they're doing, I mean, they have some challenges now, but like, they've done so well over the years. Um, so you don't have to look far to see how this whole thing uh, comes together. 
So, you know, I didn't come up with this overnight. When we started the business, I read this book called Four Steps to Epiphany. Some of you might read it here. So anytime I meet an entrepreneur, I tell them, hey, you should read this book first. And it's actually recommended and required reading for people in our company. Um, And it's a pretty simple principle. It says, talk to customers. uh, And just keep talking to customers. And I still talk to customers, even though we've been in the business six years. I love talking to customers because I get new ideas. I get insights. It helps me think about what we should be doing next for the company and for our customers. And then when you talk to customers, actually listen to them. Some people talk to customers, and they just do what they want to do anyway. That's a waste of everyone's time. And sometimes the things they say are not actually what they mean. So you have to kind of uncover. There's questions you can say, like, what's top of mind for you right now? Or, like, if I could wave a magic wand and solve your problem, what problem would that be? And that's when they'll really tell you what's really burning and what they want you to solve. The final thing is people will tell you to solve all these things, but only solve the ones that they have budget for. Because I made all these mistakes where we said, oh, if we build this feature, then they'll buy, and they didn't buy. No, pay me first. Sign the contract first, then we're going to build it. Right? So this is where you can waste a lot of time if you go solving problems for people who don't have budget for those problems to be solved. You know? <laughs> so uh, that's you know, some takeaways from this book, but there's many more, and you should read the book. So now let's talk about what to upsell. So the way I structure this is from least complexity, like easiest effort, to most risky, most complexity. And there's all these situations where a client will say something like, hey, I have this extra thing. If you could do that for me, that would be great. And you can tell them, well, pay me. You know, uh, one example is a client, that one of our largest clients, we did automatic tagging for them. So they, we ingest all their customer service tickets, and they get this dashboard. And so they ask, can you put the tags back into Zendesk? I said, sure. How much are you going to pay? They said 500 bucks a month. $6,000 a year? Sure. I'll do it. You know, it takes an engineer a week. Some people would not do that because they feel like it's not scalable. You know, I don't want to waste time. You have to make that trade-off is, is this client important? Can I get more from them in the future? Is this going to be a long-term deal? Could I use this for other clients in the future? And if all that adds up, I say take that. Make that report. Do that manual service. Even if it's a, a person, a human doing it. The client doesn't know and they don't care. They just want it solved. And that's a way for you to quickly upsell and like, continue to grow those budgets. The next thing you can do is add more integrations. Everyone here probably is integrated with something. You're integrated with Slack. You're integrated with Gmail. Um, if something can bring data into your platform or send data out of your platform or increase volume, increase usage, that's like, like the easiest way to get more revenue because you can charge for those integrations. Or we don't charge for integrations because we know the volume is where we make the money. So we want as many integrations as possible. Like add everything, you know, and we'll figure out how to, how to monetize it later. So that's, a, that kind of thing, the least second risky, but like not as risky as building a new product altogether because you could build a new product. It takes a lot of investment to build a really great product, um, but that's what you can do to also unlock more volume and more revenue for yourself. So that's the what should you upsell. So just talking about Chatdesk, what is our particular integration philosophy? So we have over 30 different integrations with all the leading social platforms, help desks. First, we have to build the most common ones, Facebook, Instagram, Zendesk, Gorgeous, then it starts to trickle down, but you have to build the most common ones. Then I believe in going deep. When I say Facebook, there's Facebook DMs, Facebook comments, Facebook ad comments, videos, influencer posts. We made sure we're the master of Facebook. We know everything about Facebook, all the nuances, because you don't want to offer some integration and it's kind of half-baked. So go deep on those you know, really core ones. The flip side of that is you have to have multiple integrations to reduce your platform risk. You probably heard about what's happening with Twitter. They broke their API. A lot of their partners can't deliver their service. So you can't be too dependent on one partner. I love Meta, but I also have TikTok. 
you know? <laughs> and TikTok also has some platform risk too. So you always have to you know, diversify your platform so you're not so dependent on one partner. And then the final one, which is also counter to what I'm saying about going for the most common first, is try to be cutting edge. You know, we were one of the first people to integrate with Instagram DM when that was in beta. We're one of the only companies that actually integrated with TikTok. It's actually surprising. Like in our space, Intercom, Zendesk, these actually don't have TikTok integrations, but we do, right? So we found a way to do it, and it's not straightforward, but even though that meant not many companies want it, we want to be seen as innovative. Like you need to have TikTok. We have this TikTok integration. Everyone's talking about ChatGPT. We were integrated with OpenAI and GPT-3 like from when it first became available. I emailed everyone I knew to get on the beta so we could have it. So we've had it for two years. Everyone's excited about it now, but we're already ahead of that. I'm telling our customers. So we're always perceived as innovative because we have the common integrations and we have the cutting edge integrations. Um, another thing that we've done is in our contract, we actually put all our services there. Even if we've only been negotiating and contracted on one of the solutions, we want to pre-contract ahead of time for all the other solutions so that there's no future negotiation. And it's also a way to educate the customer. We might even tell them. We just send them the contract and it has these like, additional services in it. You know? So that's another strategy to save you some time in upselling is if you already put it in the contract, it was already signed. Um, and so they just, just, you can just turn it on because you've already agreed to the pricing in principle. So now let's talk about how to upsell. So I already mentioned a bit about this foot-in-the-door approach. Um, what I really mean is get them on a pilot. If it's a large customer, it's a paid pilot. If it's a smaller customer, a free pilot. That works for us because our cost of onboarding is really low. It's like a one-click integration. It's really good. So we don't mind getting a customer. And we know that our pilot-to-pay conversion rate is 80%. So if they have a successful pilot, like, they're going to be a paying customer. And if they're a paying customer, we're going to upsell them. So we know all these facts about our business, so we don't mind having a low-cost entry. Um, and then we want to have the time to value to be really quick. So we have our setup meeting, then we have like our pilot check-in, then we have a conversion meeting in two weeks. We want them to say, aha, I get it, as soon as possible, and see the value. Um, and then you're not upselling all the time. That's not what I'm preaching here. You kind of have to stabilize the customer, get them into a rhythm. They're good. Everyone's feeling good. Everyone's happy. The next couple of meetings, let's say a couple months down the line, hey, let's talk about upsell. So that you're in a good place. The client is green. The situation is good. So that's kind of how we approach it to land and expand. Then another factor that makes upsell possible is having unit pricing. Many of you probably have seat-based pricing. We have ticket-based pricing. So for every email ticket, we get paid. For every social media ticket, we get paid. That's our approach. But I think you can do this with seats too. Um, I think one mistake that we made and people often make is that they try and do each thing individually, like price per ticket. That's wrong. You should do bundles. Buy 100 tickets at a time, 1,000 tickets at a time, 10 seats at a time, 50 seats at a time. Because um, that's the way to give your, your revenue to be repeatable, your revenue to be predictable. It's good for you. It's good for investors. But it's also good for your client. Like when they go to get budget approval, they want to predict and say, this is going to be my spend for Q1 and my spend for this month. They don't want it to be fluctuating all the time. So you're actually helping them by giving them these bundles and packages and giving them certainty of what their costs are going to be. Um, then we also introduce overage pricing so that they lock in for a particular bundle. Let's say they're buying 100 seats or 100 tickets. If they spend more than that, they're going to pay more, which incentivizes them to give us more money up front. Um, the third thing is we try to price... Our prices are lower than all our competitors, generally, but we still try to price higher than we need to so that we can discount because people love discounts. Think about yourselves. Like if you go into a store and there's a discount, you look there, oh, discount, let me check that out. 
So people like that feeling, if it is 5%, 10%, so you have to price higher so you can give yourself room to discount. And then, of course, there's volume discounts for longer-term agreements. The final thing I want to talk about here is timing, because it's really important to upsell the right time. One phrase or metaphor is like hanging around the hoop, if you're thinking about basketball. Like, if you're around the, hanging around the hoop, if the ball bounces out, like, you can catch it and score, you know? So if you're not near the hoop, then you're not going to score. So think about their customers and do they have some kind of seasonality? Like our customers, they have holiday sales. So we want to be top of mind in September or October when they're making those decisions about how they're going to get to the holiday. Some of our customers are swimsuit brands. So April is when we need to be top of mind because swimsuit season is May and June. So because when there's this seasonality, that's when budget gets unlocked. That's when approvals are done. Oh, we need to get ready for the season. So we need all these tools and all these software. It's much easier to upsell in those times. If there's a new product launch, that's also when budget gets unlocked. People start approving things and, and, and things happen. Or there's crisis situations like... A lot of our customers have like a warehouse issue, so they have tons of tickets, and they, they're like, hey, can you help us? And then we jump in. Or they have some kind of product issue. They have like a lawsuit on social media. They have some kind of crisis. That's usually when they try to pull us in. Another is just any kind of dislocation in the business, like the leadership change, the tables being reset. When there's a new champion, like a new head of customer service, that's our opportunity to upsell because we can reposition it, re-explain it. The new person doesn't even know what we were doing before. So we can say, oh, actually, yeah, we were about to start this pilot of social media. We've been talking about it. Like, oh, let me try that. So a new champion is a risk moment because you could get uh, removed from the client, <laughs> but it's also an opportunity to upsell. And some of our biggest wins have come when, when like, leadership changes in those types of situations. Um, so that's how we approach upsell. Now, I've been talking about how you guys can all upsell more. We actually have a... Actually, no, I'll get to that. But um, just getting to pricing in a bit, uh, there's another book I recommend called Monetizing Innovation. A lot of the principles I've talked about I actually learned from this book as well. Um, so, of course, some things are obvious. Test your pricing. Talk to your customer about your pricing. Keep refining your pricing. A lot of people let their pricing just be stagnant. They look at what everyone else has in the market, and they price it that way. Um, and then bundling. Just continue, like, look at all the features you have, and, like, can I put this one in this bundle and this one in this bundle? One of the concepts they talked about is killers and fillers. Killers are those, like, killer features that everyone really wants. Of course, you put that in the paid plan and the premium plan. For us, for our automatic tagging solution, it's search. People want to search across their feedback. So we put that in the paid plan. A filler is something that's kind of table stakes. Everyone expects it. It's not exciting, but you can use it to, like, pad the feature set. So... Uh, we have unlimited users, for example. That's in the free plan. Um, it doesn't cost us anything to offer it. It's pretty easy, things like that. So you can kind of look at all your features and all your product and, like, reconfigure things in a way that makes sense. Um, and then increase your prices. This is the most obvious way to, you know, grow your upsell is just raise your prices. But I think people make a mistake of raising prices without raising value. You always have to communicate, here's why I'm raising prices. Here's the new thing that I'm offering you. That's why the prices are higher for existing customers. For new customers, you can raise prices all the time. But you shouldn't raise prices on existing customers. That's just asking people to cancel and look for alternatives. So if you're going to raise prices on existing customers, which you should, show them the value that you've created. Because this is software. Software is a service. It keeps improving. That's why I'm charging you more. Um, as long as you communicate the value, people understand it. Um, so what I was getting to is we've been talking about how to upsell uh, your existing customers we actually have a solution to help companies upsell customers. And I wanted to share this um, in case there's any brands in your network who this could be a good fit for, or maybe it's even useful to you in your business. So I'll share two case studies here. One is from a leading hair care brand called Shea Moisture. 
Um, what we help them do is, you know, on TikTok, there's these hashtags, like hashtag curly hair, hashtag natural hair. And people post videos of themselves in their hair care routine. So we use our platform and our network to reply and follow up on these comments. Like, hey, your hair looks great. You know, in this example, it says, you know, the transversity we love to see, babe. You know, so we're integrated with TikTok. We pull in all these messages. We use our technology to find the right posts. We suggest responses using generative AI to these posts. And people write back and say things like, oh, wow, like this brand actually reached out to me and engaged on my content. I'm going to go check it out. And that's exactly what Shea Moisture wants to see. It's personalized one-to-one messaging on social. It's different from an ad. It's actual message to all these people. Um, we're able to reach tens of thousands of people with this type of approach. Shea Moisture, what are your clients? Yeah. Exactly. No, we're, it's, we're human assisted by AI. A human looks at it, right, before it gets sent up. Because one of the challenges of generative AI is you don't know what it's going to say. They call it hallucinations. But we have a human validated before it gets sent out, and we pay them for that. Remember, I told you the mission of the company is to create jobs and solve customer service. So we have a network of around 25,000 people who work on our platform who are basically validating all these messages before we send them out. Um, one more use case. This is for email and SMS and DM. So we help companies win back subscribers and drive repeat orders. So one of our clients is CookUnity, which is a meal subscription brand. And, of course, people churn from their service because it's a subscription service. So we follow up. In this example, we reached out to a customer and said, hey, here's a promo code. We have these new meals and breakfast. We have pancakes. And the person wrote back, hey, pancakes, I want to sign up. So this is, the company is giving us $1, and we're giving them $4, 400% ROI on this type of campaign. So we're generally running campaigns like damaged orders, delayed orders, uh, winning back subscribers, people talking about promo codes. All these situations where people reach out to customer support is a chance to follow up, to nurture the client, but also to drive a repeat order. So that's like a new iteration to help our clients upsell. Um, so that could be interesting to, to some of the brands you work with or um, maybe interesting to you guys as well. Happy to chat more about that. So we talked about you know, why upsell is important, what to upsell, how to upsell. Um, someone asked me about our clients. So we work mostly with e-commerce brands, a lot in the fashion, beauty, food, pet space. We also work with software companies and fintech companies and healthcare and e-learning and travel. We're starting to get into some of these other areas. So I would love to partner with anyone here who works with any of these types of companies. Maybe we can refer each other to some, refer you guys to some of our clients and vice versa. Um, or if you are one of these types of brands, happy to chat more about you know, a no-cost pilot, as I've talked about, to, to get you guys started. Um, but thank you for the time, and happy to connect with anyone on LinkedIn or after the session. Awesome. So that's our last session. Uh, great work. Do we have uh, any time for Q&A? Or? So maybe uh, any, any questions, I can pass the mic around, maybe two, two, two minutes, two, three, five minutes. Can you talk a bit about your strategy or pipeline for how you develop new products to be able to upsell those? So the question is, how do we develop new products? By talking to customers. So I mentioned already, you just keep talking to customers. I go to talk to customers. Our customer success team talk to customers. Our sales team talk to customers. And we're trying to synthesize, like, what are the commonalities and what people are asking for. So that's one approach. Another approach is just reading about what's happening in the market, like where, where are things going. There's this quote I put there from Wayne Gretzky, which is a famous hockey player, like, skate to where the puck is going. So we know that things are going to ChatGPT. Okay, what is our strategy there? We know that things are going to a creator economy, influencer economy. What is our strategy there? 
So it's a, mirror, a marriage of what our customers asking for and where do we think the industry is going and trying to do the common denominators of those that are the least risky because <laughs> you don't want to build a product that just flops. That was just a waste of time and effort. Yeah. Any other questions? You mean from our existing customers or from helping our customers find people no, who are... For your existing customers, how do you know where there's an upsell opportunity and how much is there and what's not being utilized at this point in time? Yeah, so this is, this is something work in progress. Like, we use our own platform to do that. So, for example, we do automatic tagging. So we know, okay, the company has 10,000 tickets because we're connected to their Zendesk or their Gorgeous, and we know that we're only doing 5,000 of those tickets. What are the other 5,000 tickets? So then it's a conversation with the company. Hey, we're doing 5,000. Here's the other 5,000. Do you want us to do those? So it's using and analyzing what's happening with the client. And I think that's unique to our business because we have visibility into everything that's happening for them. I think another aspect of it is having intuition about, is this company going to grow? Is this, how, like, what is their pace? And sometimes some companies are small. Like, we've had companies who start with us. They were paying us $50 a month, and now they pay us $1,000 a month. We love to see that because we knew the way the leadership of that company is approaching their business, they have a future. So we're going to invest more in that. But if we find like a company is really static and they don't really care about growing, we shouldn't invest so much time in that. So I think it's a combination of the analysis on their volume that we can see, plus what is the mindset of that company and their leadership? Are they trying to grow aggressively? Okay, then we want to grow with them. So we're going to invest more in that relationship. Yeah. Great, great, uh, great questions. Uh, any other questions before we wrap up? It's the last session for the, for the first half of the, for the day before lunch. Going once, going twice. Great. If we can give a quick round of applause to Aneto again. Thank you. Perfect.